Tuesday Travel on the Hard Shoulder. Yes, Fionn Davenport taking us to the great imperial capital, London, this yeah, week. Yeah, indeed. I'm, yeah, I mean... It is. It's there are lots of you know Vienna is a, is a fine. That's true, capital. actually. Yeah, beautiful city. We talked about Madrid last week. You go to St Petersburg. Well, you can't really right now, but when when politics and circumstances yeah. change, St Petersburg is well worth Paris the visit. Paris or Brussels? Paris, yeah, Brussels. Although the people in Belgium's empire weren't particularly well treated. No, um, the Dutch had an empire, ish, yeah, to a I degree. Yeah, yeah, you know, but. We keep going. London. Yeah, we're going to keep going all the... But London... Italians at Abyssinia. Anyway. You walk from... You walk the length of the mall. Yes. Okay? To Buckingham Palace. And you get a sense, like I said about Madrid and this epic grandeur. You get a sense of just, wow. They They weren't fooling around, were they, for a long, long time. For 150 years, this was the dominant power in the world. No, yeah. Um, I love London. So do I. And it's a difficult city to love if you, like I've been going to London since I was a teenager and from the earliest days of being at Camden Market and looking for a leather jacket because you couldn't find anything like that in Dublin in the mm. 80s to, to kind of exploring different neighbourhoods. And London can be intimidating. It's a very difficult city to live in. But if you go with that sense of exploration, it'll reward you so many times over. Yeah, and listen... Uh, you, I mean, all of that wealth was, you know, extracted from poorer people yes. all over the world. I mean, that's how empires work. That's how it works. But yeah. they spent it well. well you, you have to give them that. Some of it, they, yeah. They, they, spent, they definitely built uh, some nice some buildings. Well. Um, but there's no point in us, I guess, talking about Buckingham Palace or the, the British Museum or any of these things that people generally do when they go to London. You, you can do your... your, your kind of knock off your list of, like, the top sites. Big Ben, Tower of London, yes. London Eye... And its collection of museums alone is worth a month and, you know, months of visits just just to do the museums alone. Um, you know, I mentioned you can go to Shakespeare's Globe in Southwark on the South Bank. You can go to Westminster Abbey. You can do all these things. But London is also a remarkable city to do the thing, the unexpected or to mm. find that little, not so much secret, because if I'm... If I know about it here in Dublin, believe me, lots of people know about it. But but those things that wouldn't necessarily jump to the form yes. the forefront of your mind. So, for example, let's start with let's go through them. The Sky Garden, okay? What's that? So the Sky Garden, it it's kind of in front of the shard. It's 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 that it's what you would call it, the gherkin. Oh yes. At the top of the gherkin. They've got like this indoor garden and it's it's magnificent. And it's really beautiful and you see great views and you can, it's just a lovely experience. You've got to book it because it, because it's very popular. Yeah. So that's not a secret. Um, Borough Market. Okay. Borough Market of all of London's markets, Borough Market is the best known now. Um, it's also by far and away the best one that I've been to. Um, it's and a market in in what sense? What does market, it look like? Fruit okay. and veg stalls, but yeah. also um, we did an item here with Gary Gannon on markets in yes. Dublin. Borough Market is a fine example of a traditional fruit and veg and and market that's been kind of modernised slash gentrified. So you get like it's got the traditional fruit and veg, but it also has like you know great coffee shops and pastries and you can get fresh oysters and Stilton and street food from yeah. all over the world, all under this covered market that, as I said, is a traditional old London market. 
and it's really dynamic, very popular, uh, both with Londoners and with visitors. And and really, if you're in on the South Bank, like it is absolutely yeah. superb. Okay. Um, here's another one, right? Okay, so imagine you're in Covent Garden, which is the heart of tourism. Yes. Okay, so Covent Garden is fine. You know, it's it's you're good. You're the Mac store and every other high street thing you'd want. Okay, so in Covent Garden is also the 18th century home that Jay and Barry lived in. Okay, which is the creator of Peter Pan. Now, in the basement of this house are Ayr's ancient baths. So you go in and it's like, okay, so you go underground, you can have a 90 minute candlelit bathing session. Like you have the waters that range from like. Sorry, this is there because I was in Covent Garden not I that long ago. I, I, I Covent Garden's kind of a it's bit kind of naff. dingy actually yeah, it's as naff. well. It's kind of it's dirty. I'm not naff. really a fan of it. But when Jay and Barry lived there, it wasn't. It was kind of the height okay. of fashionable London. But it's got these underground baths that you can do everything. Like you can have a saltwater pool, so it's got the density of the of the Dead Sea. Yeah. You can have scrubs, massages. You can you can soak in a red wine bath if you like. Oh, yeah. They only allow 14 Oops. guests at any one time. So, again, this is something you need to book in advance. Yeah. But because there's so few people there, it's not overwhelming and it's not overpowering. It's just very, very relaxing. And it's called AIR, A-I-R-E. So, it's like, you know, people would have been to the big public baths in Budapest uh, and, and the outdoor the baths are where baths. everyone goes. But yeah. on your way to them, you walk through all these internal areas yes. where there's kind of hots and colds and steams. Yeah. Uh, this yes. is a kind of a version of that. It's a it? version of that. Uh, but I, I'm i going to hazard a guess without real knowledge that this is more of a throwback to kind of ancient Rome. I don't mean yes. that these baths were here in ancient Rome, but that the spirit of them, but perhaps the Chesney baths in Budapest also throw back to kind of Ro- the, the old Roman idea of going to the baths. Wow, okay. Definitely going to go there. Okay, so... Um, um, oh, it's not. The Sky Garden isn't. It's the Gherkin. It's the, it's the next one. It's Circe's Helix Restaurant. So Sky Garden is, is where then? It's Or oh, the walkie-talkie. Yeah, that's the one. I yeah. got confused. Yeah. Between, uh, you nickname all the skyscrapers <laughs> yeah. in London. So the walkie-talkie is where the Sky Garden is. Yeah. And the next so place C- we're talking about yeah, is the... Sh- so is it's, it's 30 St. Mary Axe, but it's known as the Gherkin because it's shaped like a Gherkin. So they have um, Circe's Helix Restaurant, which is at the top of it. Go for a drink there. You can go for food if you want, but yeah. go for a drink. Um, again, really, really nice. Now, the only thing is, is you're rubbing shoulders with like the high flyers of London's financial hub, which oh, is right. not necessarily so I the, attractive the, to all. And the drinks are obviously very cheap. As oh, well. yeah, no, no, absolutely. <laughs> like a pound or something for like a, a really expensive, really well We're not coffee. back in pegs now. So, and here's another thing, okay? You've been to London many times. Yes. You're a huge fan. Love it. Have you ever done a blue badge walking tour? No. Okay. Takes two years to train as a blue badge guide in London. Two years. Yeah. So there's no spoofing allowed. No kind of like, I did a weekend course and now I'm looking at my Lonely Planet guide and I'm going to figure it out, okay? They are the gold standard of city walking tours in terms of just knowledge, expertise, depth of experience, the ability yeah. to kind of to take you down a seemingly innocuous looking street and tell you the most fantastic story well, about that street. I would love this because one of my favourite things to do in London, despite all of the amazing museums and everything else, is actually just walking around. The streetscape I love in so London. So you've touched on another one. The, the 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 tube is the most effective and easiest way to get around. You don't see anything on the tube. Walk, no. walk, walk, or if you absolutely must, get a bus. Yeah. That's by far and away. If you, so say for example, I don't know, pick a line 
the Northern Line, the Victoria Line, and you go and on the stops, and if you're a regular visitor to London, but you only go on the Tube, you have a sense of like, oh yeah, these are the stops on that line. Mm. But if you walk between the stops, you realise, actually, it's not I that know, far. There's no distance there's no between, distance them. between yeah. them. And yeah. you realise that central London is, is like relatively compact, despite being your, uh, Europe's biggest city by a considerable margin. Yeah. Um, so a blue badge guide is great. Now you can go on one of their myriad tours or you can book a private guide if your budget allows and they will tailor a tour to suit your own interests. Um, now, funny, I mentioned they're erudite, they're full of like information, but also really funny. Yeah. It's such a great way. And I will make you a promise. You take one of, you go on a tour with a blue badge guide, you will never look at London the same way again. Wow, okay. I'm definitely going to do that the next um, time I'm there. Now, I know that you uh, you were there covering the Olympics in 2012. Well, I was there well, your watching sister, the Olympics. Well, your sister, oh, yes. Yes. Were you not covering it for News Talk? No, no, I wasn't. Oh, I, I, I took holidays you. and went off to oh, London um, 2012. So, Anyway, so the East London Hub, now called the Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park, so it's got this huge big outdoor space, mm. but also it's got the 50 metre pool, um, so at the London Aquatic Centre. Go for a swim. That's brilliant to do. I didn't do it there. I went for a swim in the um, the Olympic pool in Munich. You know, you can go yes. there as well at the old Olympic Stadium from yes. 72. And it's brilliant. It so, is amazing. Because so, you can go up in the diving room. The Germans are just so blasé about this yeah. type of thing. Yeah, go up in the So at the London yeah, Aquatic well, Centre, which is where Michael Phelps won... <laughs> how many? He won four golds? Michael um, Phelps in 2012? Um, oh, no, he won more than that, didn't he? Did he? Well, you can do laps in the same pool where he won all those golds. Yeah, no, Phelps won about eight gold medals. Jeez, there you go. Didn't he? Because he was in he butterfly, freestyle, backstroke, breaststroke, the IM and relays. So he won several gold medals. Yeah. He won several gold medals. So there you go. And so, they, like, bring your togs, you know, go to London and say, do you, if you're a swimmer, I'm going to go to the, the aquatic centre. I said, bring your togs. I said, bring your dogs. Bring no. your togs. Bring your togs. Bathing cos- <laughs> your, your bathing suit. Um, okay. Afternoon tea in one of London's five-star hotels is de rigueur, of course. Mm-hmm. Much like afternoon tea in some of Dublin's finest hotels is considered quite the thing to do. But with all respect to uh, London or Dublin's five-star hotels, there's something kind of special about going to Claridge's. But is there, I'm not a great afternoon tea Neither fan. Neither am I, but I know um, many who are. Yeah, I don't and have a sweet tooth. £100. <laughs> Okay, let's just get this off the... For a sandwich, for a cucumber sandwich no, with Philadelphia. This is a, it's not. It's more food than you can possibly eat. Like, it's like, you, will, you won't need dinner. Like, that's the point. It's a meal in itself. It's not just like a couple I of cucumbers. I won't be able to sandwich. afford dinner. That's no, the problem. You, of course you can't. But, um, but I'm saying is, is it like, if you're looking for that extra special in the, in the kind of gilded splendour of Claridge's Hotel. Here's another one, right? Yes. Perhaps this might float your boat. What about going to the House of Commons? To watch Prime Minister's questions. Oh, can the public just go in? Yes, yes, oh, I didn't yes, yes. That. It, and it, and it, you, I think, for example, I've been. It's amazing because there's so much security there. Yeah, I know, but like obviously, like you can't go in with like I know you carry. Do you An carry AK-47 a scimitar and yeah, like and some semtex wherever I go. Just <laughs> so in my case. point is, is of course you go through the, the all the the, the 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 security, but you can apply for tickets online. Hmm. For PMQs. You can also go on, there's a 90 minute guided tour of both uh, houses. There is, you can go to Westminster Hall, you can visit inside there and you don't have to skip a queue like Phil and and Holly did. (laughs) Oops. Um, uh, You can have 
you don't, you're not a big afternoon tea fan, but you can have afternoon tea in the Riverside Room in the House of Commons. Okay. Uh, I mean, so the point is, what's interesting is about the House of Commons, which seems so off limits to, you know, us regular Joes, actually isn't. Yeah. As the, as the foremost debating chamber of parliamentary democracy, and the, as the Brits like to say, one of the oldest democracies in the world, it is open to the public to go and experience democracy at work. I think I'd like that because, you know, when you were talking about New York a few weeks ago, we made the point that part of the reason that people love New York so much is that it, there's all these kind of cultural touchstones that we've been exposed yeah. to through kind of the media. Parliament. And, and, and London is the same, like through our history. And people can resent it or... Uh, what uh, kind of lament it um, as much as they want, but like so much of London and so much of the things you see there, they they do po- form part of the cultural tapestry. One hundred percent. Yeah, like it's absolutely true, and like and and it always is. It's kind of a surprising thing as as someone who is married to an English woman. It is used to be quite a surprise to me is that I took it for granted that we knew so much about British culture through assimilating it on British TV, etc., mm. etc., et which was piped into our homes. But how the opposite wasn't true is that Ireland remains a mystery to so many yes. British. Yeah. And, you know, so what they do is they fill the gaps with either cultural stereotypes that irritate us or cultural stereotypes that really aggrandize us a little more than perhaps <laughs> we should. But but that aside, but the point being is, is that I think the House of Commons for someone who's interested in politics and, and whether we like it or not, people who like politics here in Ireland always have an eye on what's going on across the water. Do you know what fascinates me as well about London is how... Mm, warmer their climate is in the summer compared well, to years, London, given how close they are to us. Do you realise that London is on the same parallel line as Paris? Yes. Like London's way south I know, but us. we kind of think of it as no, just being uh, just over the water. And London is really quite a warm city in the summertime. And that means that outdoor entertainment is it kind of is, Look is you much segueing beautifully well that's next why point. they pay me the big bucks that's why they outdoor really entertainment do. that's why you can afford afternoon organize. tea at Claridge well and um, dinner afterwards outdoor cinema scene there is a really healthy outdoor cinema scene yes of course I'm not going to bore you and tell you to go to the West End and go to a cinema because that's whatever but so, for example, the Luna Cinema, they have screenings in Wimbledon Park, in Highfield Park in St. Albans, Wandsworth Park, the Nomad Cinema, the Rooftop Film Club that screens on the rooftops of a number of London buildings. Mm. So the idea of come the summertime when you have temperatures in the high 20s, you can luxuriate and then watch old films, new films, independent films, big box office movies in an outdoor setting and that's quite nice and uh, and there is and so it's a, and it's constantly changing and they move around and it's really dynamic it's not like yes we're an outdoor cinema we're so in the same place they have lots there's lots of different opportunities and so, Lido's as well very good actually yeah the Lido on the Thames I've yeah. never been that's either that's that's one you'd add here's the thing are you are you an oniophile do you like your wine um, I do but I wouldn't be an expert in it so I mean, I drink James's, it out of a wet sock. Okay, fair enough. But so District of St. James, pretty eccentric, okay? So it's it's very much 18th century and it's got lots of shirts and cigars and cheese and antique suits of armour and... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The things of, of empire, like basically, oh, yeah, it's yeah, like the yeah. things that made... Now... I like you, the armour. Tales of chivalric glory, you know what I mean? Lo- m- more kind of... <sighs> Midlands is more you get more of that kind oh, yeah. of Warwick and places like that don't you oh, yeah. than London very much so yeah and kings buried in car parks yeah um, maybe for another edition of Travel Tuesday indeed so wine so St. James's Street 
there is the very low hanging doorway of Berry Brothers and Rudd. So the company that traces its origins to 1698, once specializing in coffee, but then fine wines and spirits are the stock and trade now. So you go in these panel showrooms and you really get a sense of like old history. Again, wine is a, like I think I mentioned on this slot before that the oldest or longest extant uh, trading uh, treaty between two countries, between Portugal and, and yes. England for port wine. Yes. So, Places like Berry Brothers, this is this is what would have been their stock and trade. Their oldest so, ally. Isn't their oldest ally, yes. Portugal, and so England's you can go ally. in and have like these incredible wine tastings and they're not that expensive, but everything from vintage champagnes to Tuscan wines, etc. Um, so BBR.com. Where to stay? Yeah, so really where to stay depends on what you want to do. So North London, leafy, lovely pubs and parks. East London is very cool, lots of markets. West is where all the museums are or the bulk of the museums are. And it's got that Made in Chelsea vibe, if that's what you're looking Mm. for. South is quite residential and central London. So the heart of London is kind of good for shopping and the main sites. Um, For somewhere central, Holborn is pretty nice. Like even Covent Garden isn't bad. Uh, Shoreditch and Liverpool Street, kind of towards the east of London, is very cool and, and trendy. Yeah. Um, I If I had my own choice, I always kind of go Southwark and Southbank. As you get some great deals. So, like, say, the, the, the four branches of Citizen M, these are all hotels under under £150 for a double. Wow. Which is That's very good, isn't it? It's really good in London, uh, particularly as rooms are small and prices are big. Um, the Culpepper in Shoreditch is one of a very good hotel. Or in Paddington, there's this Scandi-style hotel called South, Southwark Street. Or Brick Lane. And Brick Lane is a great place if you want Indian restaurants, if you like food from the Indian subcontinent. The Buxton is a recommendation I have. Uh, very quickly, any uh, eating recommendations beyond yeah, afternoon Brick tea Lane. Uh, if you want chains, like Dishoom is a really good Bombay chain with six branches. Um, Franco Manca is a pizzeria that started in Covent Garden. It's now everywhere, but the pizza is very, very good. Otherwise, literally throw a dart at a map and you'll find a good restaurant. Yeah, great advice. Uh, as always uh, Fiona we'll get all of that up online as a podcast as quick as we can uh, in case people missed out on any of it and they have a trip to London coming up and they've done the British Museum they've done Buckingham Palace they've done Big Ben and all of that and they want to go somewhere else Uh, Fiona Davenport thank you very much we'll talk to you again at the same time next week Tuesday Travel on the Hard Shoulder